You're listening to Dumb Down Tech, where we break down tech concepts and we go back to the basics. I am here today with Jessica Northrup. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, hi, thanks for having me. So I am a licensed clinical social worker, which means I'm a licensed therapist, and I own a group practice with other therapists and nurse practitioners, and we provide mental health care for folks in our community. It's great to have you here today. So now, how do you use technology in your personal and professional life? Well, as you can imagine, since COVID, the technology has become much more important in our daily life. So I started my practice in 2013 and everything was face to face. And then once COVID hit, we had we basically shut the office down for a period of time, as most folks did. And we were very heavily reliant on technology. So all of our sessions for a good bit of time were conducted via telehealth. So a HIPAA compliant, meaning very confidential software where we were able to, you know, sort of like a Zoom or whatever, where we were able to continue to provide the best mental health care available, but safely in our own homes and socially distanced and all the things. So that is the the biggest way. But even beyond that, I've had use of a electronic medical record, which means that instead of clients walking in and having to fill out, you know, like we used to do at old school, right? You get like a clipboard and there's tons of papers that you have to look at and sign and fill out and everything. Clients could do all of that online advanced electronic signatures, no printing, all of that. So we've had we've had great use of technology. Now tell us a little bit more about how it has been since everything has opened back up after COVID. Are you still using technology a lot for sessions and all that? Oh for sure. So this is where so again, just getting a new client in is so simple. We use it we use a electronic medical record called Simple Practice and have for quite a bit quite a while, but this technology, people can go online and schedule their own appointments. They can, you know, I can send assessments. Like if I want to do a weekly or monthly depression screening, I can do that via the technology. I don't have to spend the time in the session. Now, of course we spend the time in the session interpreting it, but they don't have to spend the time in the session doing the actual questionnaire. So that is that continues to be useful. As you mentioned, things have opened up. But for some folks, you know, COVID is not the only communicable disease out there. Sometimes people just have a cold and they don't want to share it with with me, which I am forever grateful. So they'll still elect to do telehealth for health reasons. Or I have folks that they have a hard time getting away from the office. They're they're back at work too. And to come to my office to receive their mental health care isn't always convenient. So I do sessions with the client sitting in their car, obviously parked and not going anywhere, but I do sessions with them sitting in their car. Sometimes I have folks that travel around the state, obviously. So laws indicate we can only provide services in states where we are licensed, but I have folks that travel like to Macon, like we live in, we're in Dallas and maybe they're traveling for work or for pleasure or whatever. And then, so they can't get to my office because they're traveling. So telehealth is still very relevant and very helpful. Folks are very grateful to continue to have that as an option. 
So that leads me to my next question. Do you see this continuing on as time goes on and you integrate this more and more? How do you see it going for you with telehealth? So some of this is dependent on insurance reimbursement. I'll just be real honest about that. Before COVID, many insurance companies would not reimburse for a telehealth session. They considered it to be not as useful or whatever. But then COVID hit and it was that was the only way that people could receive care safely. And not only did they allow us to bill insurance, but they started waiving co-pays for their clients who did telehealth sessions because they didn't want, you know, naturally an insurance company, if, if an insurance company is insuring somebody, they're going to do everything, every incentive that they can to keep them safe, right? They don't want to pay for a giant hospitalization bill because they were out at a doctor's appointment and got COVID. So I hope that this is going to continue because I hope that for, like I say, if someone has strep throat, but they still want to get therapy, or if someone's kid has strep throat and they still want to get therapy and don't want to com- you know, communicate that disease, I hope very much that it's going to continue. And I believe that consumers have gotten used to this. And I believe consumers are going to pressure both insurance companies, lawmakers, and so forth to continue this going. So I don't know. As a prognosticator, I would say yes. And I, as a clinician and practice owner, I would say I hope so. But we'll have to wait and see how it goes. So obviously, some people might worry about their medical records could be hacked. What do you do to help combat that? So honestly, my job is to rely on the people who actually know how to deal with that. So what I mean by that is we play by the rules So I use HIPAA compliant software and then, but I'm not a tech expert. So to say, you know, am I like heading off hackers left and right? No, I am not. But we do everything that we, you know, we follow the rules of our electronic medical record and of email and of everything else that we can possibly do. Anthem was, you know, Blue Cross Blue Shield was hacked a few years ago, like maybe five years ago. I don't remember, but it was a pretty big hack. If that happens, I I, uh, I hate it. But honestly, we follow we follow the rules of what we can do, and we hope for the best. <laughs> I know that's maybe not the best answer, but that's what I got because I'm not a tech expert. I just wasn't sure if you use like a tech company to like make sure your system's always up to date or stuff like that. So, because, so basically the, the electronic medical record that we use is a third party. So their job is to do that. My, I'm, I'm basically a user, if that makes sense. Like I don't own the electronic medical record, the company called Simple in my case, cause that's anybody who was going to use their own thing, but they are bound by all of the EMR requirements of the, I think it's in the ACA and it's in some other legislation as well to make sure that it's as safe as it can be. And now how do you use technology in your personal life? Probably pretty much the same as anybody else. I mean, I enjoy the use of social media for fun and kind of, I don't know, I guess sometimes you'd consider it relaxation. Sometimes it might not be so much relaxation. You know, we we cut the cord on our cable a couple of years ago and we use, you know, we watch the Netflix and the Hulu and the Disney Plus and all of that. Now, I 
do far more online shopping than what I probably should. But in some ways, the online shopping actually helps me, I think, because instead of like roaming up and down the aisles of Target, I have my shopping list and I go to the online place and and I get what I get instead of like doing the roaming things magically popping into my cart. But I mean, my kids have some, so my kids were in virtual school for a while. We used, I don't remember what you would call it, but I think it was called an education management system or something like that for their education. My kids were in first and fifth and they've gotten through this special year. Let's see, how else do I use it? I mean, I love audiobooks. I mean, I'm a t- I'm addicted to Audible. <laughs> I mean, there's so many different ways that technology enters our lives every day. Music is readily available. Books are readily available. So podcasts are readily available. And there's so much content that you get to consume. And I love just even taking my walks and listening to either a book or music or whatever. And so... There's kind of, it's kind of always ever present, really. So between in-person sessions and telehealth sessions, which do you prefer? And I have said this over and over again to both my clients and everybody is that I am forever grateful for the technology because without the technology, we're missing the availability of treating people. There are people that are so rural that they can't get into the session very easily. Gas prices might prohibit people from getting into therapy. So for me, I like a balance of both the in-person and the telehealth. If you're telling me that your kid is sick and you cannot get into therapy because you're there with a sick kid, I'm delighted. Let's do a telehealth session. But in terms of the actual enjoyability and practicality of the of the actual session, I prefer face-to-face. And this might just be me personally, but I feel like even though you're seeing the person, I think there's a couple of nuances that you might miss when you're doing it over telehealth. Plus, as a mental health therapist, I want to convey a certain sense of warmth and comfort just by being in my office. They they physically get to remove themselves from whatever their stressors are. And come and take a time out and be in my office and work hard on what whatever they need to work on. And it's just not as conducive when you're doing it from, I mean, some people for like confidentiality of their own families, they might be sitting in their closet so that they could have some privacy. That's not the same kind of warmth and just comfort level that they can get in person. Now, do you think there are some therapists who prefer telehealth or... Do you think it's pretty standard where most prefer in-person? Oh, for sure. Some people prefer telehealth. Some people are straight. They're delighted to let go of their offices and to just do everything from their homes or you know wherever they would like to do it from just for the, the convenience. There is a less, you know, if you don't have to maintain an office and that lovely comforting space I was just talking about that, you know, it's reducing your cost. I mean, there's lots of good reasons to do telehealth only, or if you have small kids say, and you, maybe you still have somebody like a nanny or somebody taking care of your kids while you're doing your telehealth, there's so much more flexibility available from telehealth. So there are definitely people that are going telehealth only just for my personal style it just doesn't work quite as well if i find it i find the screen 8 hours a day of screen 
communication can, there's a certain amount of fatigue that goes along with it. But again, if I have four or five face-to-face and then three or four want to do telehealth, I'm totally good with that. So do you think telehealth makes it easier for your clients to talk to you because there is a screen, there's kind of that little buffer? A little bit of both. I think that having the screen gives you a certain amount of anonymity that you don't get when you're in the office, even though they're not anonymous. I mean, we know obviously who they are and we verified their their identity and all that kind of stuff. But I think that there is a certain amount of safety that comes from the screen. But again, there's also a certain amount of being able to hide behind the screen. There are things that you can kind of keep if you want to away from your therapist. Now, interestingly enough, there are things because you're in in person, we have learned in some ways more about the client through telehealth because it's almost like they're inviting us into their home. We see their pets coming and going. We see their kids coming and going. We see, you know, we can see a little bit, you know, we see what they allow us to see obviously, but we, but there are certainly things that wouldn't, I wouldn't know about them if they had just come into the office that I have been able to see with them sort of inviting me into their home. Well, anything else you would like to share about your telehealth appointments and using that in your practice? Not really. I'm just, again, I'm so grateful for the opportunity and I do hope it sticks around. There's a million good reasons to have this as a tool. For me personally, I, I wouldn't want to do it full time unless we have another pandemic knock on all the wood. You know, I wouldn't, it's not my preferred way of communicating with folks like a hundred percent of the time, but for that, I don't want it to be taken away as an option. So I do hope that for the long term, it's going to be an option and when it's needed, when it's valuable, that we are able to use it as a tool. Well, awesome. It's been great having you on today and feel free to share your contact information in case anyone has any questions. Well, thank you so much. It's been a delight to talk with you today. Well, have a great day. You too. We have enjoyed you listening today and we'll be back again next week. Today's Dumb Down Tech was sponsored by Corporate Design Solutions. To learn more, please visit their website at corpdesignsolutions.com or feel free to give them a call at 702-350-1000.